So should we talk about how your microphone has been backwards for the first two episodes? <laughs> yeah, we can talk about that. It's pretty embarrassing, actually, that... Well, it's my microphone's been backwards for, for the two first two episodes of this, and it's also been backwards for, like, basically the past six months of my channel. <laughs> and I was constantly, constantly, like, amplifying it and, like, trying to, like, remove all the noise, and it was just such a shitty situation and i was like wow did i like get a really bad mic or something like it was almost better if i could record from like the microphone on my phone or something and then i just realized that it was been it just was backwards and that cardioid microphones can record from the from the from the back as well and yeah then, uh, yeah it was pretty embarrassing but when i figured that out i was kind of like wow that was that was a real boneheaded move um but now it's a lot better and now i'm like wow okay this microphone's not so bad so um at the time of recording this, none of the other episodes have come out. If we were smart, we would have uploaded at least one of them, so we had some feedback to work from. But uh, yeah. we're just going to kind of <laughs> wing it. Yeah, I mean, everybody's going to be like, wow, the mic's, uh, mic sucks on, on Logan's side. And I'm going to be like, yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, you've been doing some pretty interesting stuff uh, between being off the face of the earth. <laughs> uh, yeah, so right now I'm like really finishing towards the end of my PhD and so I'm really writing a lot and doing stuff but I'm really trying to get some videos out as well at the same time. And I I did these two videos for, um, for distilling and they were so intensive. It, they took so much time and it was like, I mean, each video is about seven minutes long and I think I just started playing around with After Effects as well which was something I wasn't really used to. And um, basically, I had like in the month of November, I had two videos come out, and I got my like creator in review from from YouTube saying you uploaded two videos in the past month, and I was like, crap, like this is bad. But um, I actually am pretty proud of the two videos, and I think that they're actually like um, they've been received pretty well, and I, it's kind of good at least that I got them out. And but in the meantime, I have I'm trying to I'm leaving in the next few days to go to India, and I'm really excited to try food there. But um, I also am trying to like make sure I have at least one video that comes out while I'm in India so that I'm not my my fans aren't just like hey what the fuck happened to Logan but yeah well but you yeah, also yeah you, again, like I said you're like two videos a month you you were doing a lot better than me because again depending on uh, when this episode comes out uh, <laughs> I took a little two month hiatus between like October and December yeah <laughs> it, it's possible that actually like in when when this episode comes out that i won't have anything uploaded for like months at a time who knows it depends if it's right around well yeah like, you'll, like, you'll have the podcast <laughs> yeah that's true that's true so you know i can still i can still connect with the people but um yeah and you had you also had a hiatus but that was a technology induced one but now you're kind of back and well less uh technology and more uh Personnel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. But uh, yeah, now I'm I'm back again. I'm basically I've uh, managed to increase production by drastically lowering standards. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you can sell it, then it works. <laughs> and, like, uh, oh, this probably isn't going to be the first time I mention him. But are you familiar? With Gary Vaynerchuk at all? No, I'm not really, actually. Have you heard the name before? Uh, no, I don't think so. 
Okay, well, basically, a, a billion years ago, when YouTube was new, he yeah. made a show called Wine Library TV. Okay. And then he got really big. For a time, he was, like, the biggest person on Twitter. Okay. And then he jumped from Wine to being a social media marketer and sort of consultant and manager. And how's he doing now? Like, so right now, he runs, like, a multi-million dollar business. (laughs) Wow. And he documents his life and uploads every day. I mean... You gotta, you gotta admit, people love watching what millionaires do every day. So, again, his whole thing with his main channel is he doesn't create content, he just documents. That's kind of cool. I mean, that that's it's kind of like a vlog then, right? Exactly. So, again, okay. with, with my new style of videos, not that I don't care about the, like, technical quality... But it's like, I'm just going to document what I'm doing. Fair enough. That's cool. Um, and I think that actually there's there's kind of like a, there's a niche for this now. I mean, you have Cody's Lab, for example. Sometimes I feel like he does videos that are like really like, I'm going to show you guys something really cool. But most of the time I feel like he's just doing something crazy and it's just he films it. And he just has the energy. He's like, yeah, I'm just going to dig out my mind today or whatever. And I feel like that a lot of people really flock to that. It's like it's there are interesting people in this world, and just kind of following them is is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. You so, know, they'll do this stuff anyways. <laughs> exactly. It's like again d- during my hiatus, my project uh, quotient definitely went down, but it wasn't zero. So yeah. it's like I, mean, I, yeah. I can I can still do stuff, and again I definitely want to work on getting more actual, like, video of cooking into the mix, but right now it's just not possible. Well, fair enough. I mean, yeah, but soon enough it'll turn around, I guess, so you'll have more video content to enjoy. And we have now the podcast as well, so. Yeah. We should probably start talking about food, though. (laughs) Well, yeah, this this is, the show is, you know, two goofballs who run cooking channels. That's true. So this is kind of the technical back end side of of running a channel. I mean, maybe this is maybe this is a good thing to talk about actually. Like what actually what what is involved for somebody who wants to get started into, you know, recording stuff for YouTube and what's behind actually doing stuff if you want to start a food channel or uh, I think for most people, again, obviously my situation is a bit uh, fucked for lack of a better word, but yeah, for most people, they can literally start recording on their phone, put it somewhere where they can see the kitchen, and they could, you know, record all the all the live long day. Yeah, I mean, there's still, I think, some some follies that you can fall into. I mean, I, I had definitely had some learning experiences when I first started, but I definitely have to admit your situation seems a little bit harder. Um, actually, so how, what is the process for you recording? Actually, what? I mean, wh- Again, before, basically, when, you, basically, when you were recording with... Uh... Yeah, basically what I would do with my former caregiver is I would Facebook video call her 
she would put her phone or tablet somewhere where we could see the kitchen. Okay. Or wherever we were working at the time. And then I would screen record the call. Which worked, right? <laughs> yeah, no, it works. And I mean, then, and then afterward, that... I would record like my webcam video, and overlay them. And would you do any sort of post processing or anything like that? Um, I mean, obviously, you recorded the audio separately as well. Yeah, like, um... like, like I said, basically, I would just use the video. I would chop it up and accelerate it as needed, and then I would record sort of the description afterward with my webcam. Okay, fair enough. And I mean, it worked really well. I mean, you had videos that were that did the job really well. Mm-hmm. Because like right now, there's no... Uh, again, even going beyond that, I would love a situation where I could have some kind of camera that I could control and look at through my computer. They, they have those, though, do, don't they? Or I guess... Not really. Okay. Again, GoPro has, like, some app integration, but I don't even have a cell phone. Okay. Um, but, I mean, do they have, like, webcams with, with motors in them? Or I don't know. They, really uh, they have, like, security-oriented webcams, okay. yeah. but the quality is dog shit. <laughs> I guess you really don't need high quality if you just want to see if uh, somebody's burglaring your house. Again, even if the resolution is technically good, the, like, frame rate and stuff is crap. Fair enough. So, do you, when you record the audio, do you have like a script with yours, or? Oh uh, no, kind of I, I kind of wing it. it. Okay, that I commend you on. I tried doing this for the first few of my videos, but then I'm just stammering the whole time. And when I was doing the audio editing, it was just like me being like, um, yeah. And then uh, we have this. Uh, so I just decided like I'm not gonna record anymore unless I wrote a script out. And now I'm doing it this way, which is. A little better, but it just adds like an extra step of like you know it can take sometimes like an hour to write a good script, you know, for for my videos, and that's it's quite a pain in the ass. And sometimes I'm like, yeah, if it's just better at speaking on the fly, it really wouldn't be a super huge problem. But and, I don't well, have the thing gift. you have to remember is, and this is a bit depressing given how many views I get and stuff. But I've been doing this like YouTube in general for ten years. That's pretty crazy. I was 14, and again, for me, typing is, it's not the worst, but it's not easy. So, yeah, then I can, yeah, yeah. Whenever I, mean, I again, I, I used to do a science show where I wrote a script for someone else. Okay. But if I'm ever talking, it's never scripted. Okay. I mean... That's good, and I think that if you develop that skill, I mean, it really is a skill to be able to talk clearly without... I mean, so for example, this now is easy for me because I'm not actually, like, it's, I can talk and it's just a conversation, but if I have to actually explain something, I'm just absolutely terrible at it. I have this problem even at my work. Somebody asks me how something is going and I'm just like, um, well, you have this and, the, oh, wait, what about, and this and this over here, yeah, actually, and that, and it just, it doesn't really translate through in a, a vi an instructional video, so I have to, uh, I have to write a script for myself, but um, it's cool that you don't, and I think if you've been able to practice that long enough and you're able to develop that skill, that's, that's pretty useful. Oh yeah, no, for sure. And like I said, again, even in my life, I gotta get real freaking good at explaining things. Yeah, 
I mean, that is that in and of itself is a skill in life that you know having is very useful. And I and I definitely. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I have to tell you about a dream actually that I just had the other day, where I like I had a dream where I had like a genie and I could like talk to the genie. Genie gave me one wish, and I like fucked up the wish because I didn't ask the, or didn't like ask my wish properly yeah, yeah and, you, gotta, uh, you gotta be real you gotta be real specific <laughs> no but it was like i didn't even like give a proper sentence it was like um i wish i kind of like had uh this power or something like that and like the the genie was just like okay and just gave me some stupid whatever and like it didn't work and it just like that just goes to show like how how really even in my dreams i'm bad at speaking so it's uh it's definitely a skill if you have the ability to say things properly on command i i uh i definitely am jealous of that a little bit and so. like, here's the crazy thing, because I've been like kind of like in during my hiatus, I was like thinking and sort of reflecting a little bit, and it's like, I all I do is think about cooking. I never actually cook, and at the same time, I also, in my life, necessarily have to be good at explaining things. Because literally nothing happens unless I explain it. That, I mean, that makes sense. And I mean, especially for some of the stuff, the videos that you do, um, I'm sure they could be very technical. For example, that Nutella video, I'm sure how to actually run the conch and everything, you have to explain that probably pretty well. Yeah, and like I said, it's it's, it's interesting. And I'm like, I'm just like, again, I, I sound like I'm, you know, bragging a little bit, but I have like, a lot of ideas every day where it's like well yeah of course i do because i don't have to like focus at all about actually doing it yeah but i mean also somehow turning it into reality that's the step for you is being able to explain it to other people Mm -hmm. for them to be able to understand what you want so Mm -hmm. it makes sense it makes sense um so Let's let's talk about your like dream situation. So like if you were to have we've talked about this kind of before what would you really want from stuff but like in a situation when you were recording and you actually like wanted to make like videos in the future like what kind of what kind of stuff would you really be aiming for? Would you want to upgrade your camera equipment? Would you I mean you've already mentioned that you would like to be able to control cameras and this kind of stuff but uh, Wait, like, there... uh, yeah, ideally there's like multiple cameras around the kitchen and or like a, a mobile camera that I can view and control from my computer. And, you know, someone who is competent who can do all of the legwork. Fair enough. And maybe some robot arms. I mean, how far away is that from from reality? I mean, I've seen sometimes that, like, I get some weird thing from Kickstarter, like an ad or something saying, like, hey, buy this robot arm. Like... Is this is this in the cards? Is this coming soon? Like, or is this just something that's like you can pay Kickstarter money and you're never gonna get it like ten years? From well, now? again, there is a near commercial robot kitchen um, with a set of robot arms, but that's that's a little ways off, and it's also automated. Okay. Like the whole gimmick is you tell it what to make and it makes it for you. Okay. So obviously. In my dream scenario, I have that kind of setup, but it's full control. Okay. Well, so again, like, cool. I mean, the technology yeah. exists. And you also showed me, I think you sent me a thing about they have some sort of 
control now that that kind of works through a brain interface like is this also what is this and like how does this work well yeah it depends on how invasive you want to get um you know there's experimental brain implants that are pretty pretty good i mean there's the same technology that people use to control prosthetic limbs okay um so any combination of those types of uh, interfaces could work. Would you have any interest in doing that? Like, would you? Would do you have any? I would definitely want to stick with non-invasive. Okay, fair enough. So either sensors on my arms, or again a headset. Okay, that's pretty cool. And and the invasive is just out of the question. Yeah, for now. Yeah, fair enough. Like, I mean, if it was like just under the skin, fine. But, okay, like, yeah. not, like, brain surgery. Yeah. I mean, and that's kind of where it, it's at the stat... Uh, that's where the status is of that right now, for the most part. I mean, there is, there is though, out over the head or, like, outside of the skin sort of control. But, okay. Cool. And, again, depending on when this comes out, I'm, uh... There, again, if there is, hopefully. But there might be, speaking of Kickstarter, a Kickstarter for a pilot episode of a TV show that I'm involved with. So, what is that exactly? Maybe you can talk about it, because I'm not Yeah, really it's, um, it's called Upgrade Required. I don't know if you're familiar with Stargate at all, but um, one of the actors from Stargate Atlantis, I'm friends with him, and he's also a director. So, for like two years now, We've been planning a documentary slash documentary show about assistive technology. Uh, that'd be interesting. I'd be curious to see that. And so you both have been working on this for the past two years. Have you guys started to find other people for this as well, or like? Yeah, but, well, I'm basically, just... the, the, we've got a few production companies interested. Okay. So the current plan is crowdfund the pilot episode and then see if it gets picked up. Okay. Well, that would be cool. I mean, that would be actually really cool. And basically, the pilot episode is about me and cooking. Okay. Well, that'd be pretty cool to see. And uh, I'm really curious about this. Let me know more as it comes on. And we Yeah, yeah. Again, the, once, yeah, once it actually happens, again, depending on the timing of this, it might be out right now, so... Yeah, it's possible. <laughs> we'll see when this video actually comes out. Or this, sorry, when this podcast actually comes out. <sighs> so how did your moonshine taste? Um, so it actually tasted really good, actually. The problem was it had a very punch-to-the-face feel. So um, in the moonshine video, it also... So I started with, like something like two gallons or about like eight liters of wash and out of the whole thing i ended up getting something like 100 to 200 milliliters of of actual drinkable alcohol i was like super bad with my cuts and i was really selective and was like i don't want any of the you know the, the nasty bits in there so i had like stuff that actually was tasted really amazing and like the actual ethanol that you get in the the hearts you only get so much of it um I, t I was really happy with the way that it tasted, but the smell was, like, intense. And um, I just actually had uh, some people over at my house a few weeks ago, 
and um, they actually got to all try it. They were just, we had mentioned it, and um, actually a professor, another professor from another university was actually over at my house, and I mentioned this. He's like, yeah, let's try your moonshot, and I was like, okay. I was kind of nervous, and I'm like, he's like, well, have you tried it before? I was like, yeah. He's like, so nobody died or went blind. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> my girlfriend's asking me, she's like, are you sure? Like, do you want to take on this legal responsibility? I'm like, it's okay. So we we all tried it, and, um, you know, it the smell, when you smelled the shot glass, you're like, ah, do I really want to drink this? But actually, when you drank it, it tasted really. It tasted really good. It was. Um, it was very smooth. It was not. Um, it was not at all bad. And um, it's really just kind of a crazy thing to think about that you can really turn corn, just you know, dried corn that you can get from for a bag of uh, you know twenty five kilos for, you know, twenty euros. You can turn some of that into into moonshine, into alcohol, and uh, you start with just corn and you make like a corn beer, and then in the end you have you know this clear liquid that will get you drunk. It's just very, very bizarre. You, you might want to try, like, um, apple or honey next time, because I feel like dealing with those enzymes is probably the biggest pain, isn't it? It was absolutely the pain. The main problem I had, actually, was getting the starch out of the corn, and it was just like, I... I didn't really, I don't really have a proper grain mill. I have a grain mill, but it was just, it's really slow, and it was like, to grind something, like, a cup's worth it was taking me like i don't know like 20 minutes so i i really wanted to um you know expedite this process and uh i broke my girlfriend's coffee grinder and uh it also didn't do that good of a job of getting all of the starch out of the corn so in the end the yeast kind of didn't really get a good job of you know do such a great job of turning the you know starches into sugars i was left with a bunch of starch afterwards and um in the end, it was kind of like, well, that was a lot for, you know, a lot of work for not that much. But um, I've also read that a lot of people just add sugar at some point and they just say, yeah, we want the corn flavor, but really we just want the alcohol. So let's just use some sugar. So maybe if I do it again next time, I might just take the shortcut method and do something like that. But again, well, I, I, I would be curious to see what um, Applejack or Honeyjack is like. Yeah, that was something I didn't really want to um, complicate the videos with further, but it's actually amazing. If you just take, like, apple cider, for example, and you put it in the freezer, and then, like, all of the stuff, you know, you, you let it sit for, like, a day or something like this, you come back to it, and you can just pour off all of the alcohol won't freeze. And you don't need to do any distillation or anything like that. You can just pour off the the alcohol, well, yeah, and but the th ice will stay in. Then you get, with freeze distillation... You'll get all the bad alcohols too, right? This is true, but you also have to think about it in terms of the fact that it's not like, as long as you're not drinking then a cup's worth of that, then you're fine. I mean, it's you do have the bad stuff in there, but it's also in the original apple cider to begin with as well. Oh, I know, so, but uh, I, I would almost be curious to try, do a, a cider or a mead, do a freeze distillation, and then finish it with a quick round of a of a traditional yeah, distillation. Absolutely, absolutely. And the first thing that you actually end up doing when you make this is you you kind of do something called a stripping run, which is basically getting rid of all of the you know the water and that kind of stuff. And essentially, that's what you're doing with the freeze distilling. So, I mean, if you can skip that step, for me, that was what took the longest amount of time. I spent almost the whole day just doing that because I was limited to 500 milliliters for the legality of, of what's going on here in Germany. Mm -hmm. um, and By the so way, can I just say, yeah. super yeah. jealous that it's a little legal. 
Yeah, so what's the what are the rules in Canada for this? I'm pretty sure it's basically don't distill. At all, right? Yeah. But is Applejack also considered illegal? I, I don't think it is. I think it's it's heat-based distillation. Okay, because I know in the U.S., for example, it's also forbidden to do that. It's basically, the, the legal definition is increasing the alcohol content of alcohol. Yeah, again, I mean, maybe, maybe I'll be doing some either freeze distilling or other distilling, um, despite the laws, maybe, in theory, <laughs> and then, you know, just, I won't make any videos about it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I don't know, well, yeah, it depends if I've already moved out of the country or not, but maybe I have some stories about this too, but, um, I, I also got into contact through, through these videos, I got into contact with somebody who's, who has a YouTube channel, um, called Still It on, uh, YouTube, and maybe he can be a future guest here, but he's from New Zealand, and actually, New Zealand is the only country, I think, maybe, yeah, maybe also on Australia, I'm not sure, but New Zealand is the only country that I know of that it's completely legal to distill. And uh, it's actually kind of interesting because there's kind of a lot of, like, you know, myths and stuff about is this, like, dangerous? Are you going to hurt yourself? Like, everybody's going to go blind. And uh, I don't think it's really a problem over there. But I don't know. Maybe we'll have to ask the guy uh, if we can get him on the show and see when, uh, see if he can dispel some of these myths or tell us if they're true. Now, I wonder if it's about... No, I think it's still illegal. Because, again, you can also redistill existing alcohol. But I guess that would still be illegal, eh? You mean to the... So, I, I know that, for example, in the, in the Modernist Cookbook, they, like, tiptoe very carefully around this because... They, 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 have really... their, they have their rotovap, right? Yeah, and they have, you know, they want to distill, but they don't want to get in trouble. So what they do is they distill it, but they somehow don't change the concentration of alcohol. So they're like, technically, this is not legal because the concentration is exactly the same as it was beforehand. I forgot what they did. I, it wasn't like they just added water at the end, because I think that then that would be illegal. But they did something to as kind of a legal did, loophole did they to get pre, around. Did they pre-dilute it? And then compensate yeah. for the amount of water vapor that would just come along for the ride? I think that's exactly what they did, actually, now that I think about it. One second. Okay, well, if any, if any um, Canadian law enforcement is listening, <laughs> uh, turn off now. But I'm, again, I'm basically attempting to build a makeshift rotovap. Um, okay. So I want to do some infusions i mean is is that illegal i mean is it illegal to distill for purposes of making like essential oils for example but again i think because you are working with alcohol still okay it's, it's still illegal probably there's in the modernist cookbook in this section there's a lot of really cool methods for extracting flavors from oils and uh, you know but, distillation... but, sorry, the other thing is if you can get your cold trap real cold, technically yeah. you can distill without alcohol, but alcohol <laughs> makes it a lot easier. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah, I think then it, it's useful for carrying all of the, the volatile components and stuff like this. Mm -hmm. Okay, fair enough. Because I've actually heard that if you distill honey, 
The district also tastes sweet. I I mean this there must be something to this. I mean I, I I've wondered about this too because for example in the alcohol um now I know alcohol in and of itself has a natural sweetness. I mean it technically is a form of a sugar or at least it breaks down into sugar when it goes through our liver. But um I I've always wondered so I mean you are separating the sugars from the the wash when you separate. But I mean I don't think, you know, sweetness is not just sugar. It's not just sugars. It's also the components and things that surround sugar that we associate with, with sweetness. For example, vanilla tastes sweet, even without sugar. It has kind of that, mm-hmm. like, you know what I'm talking about? For that, sure. Like, sweet, uh, that sweet so flavor? Again, yeah. I'm very curious to distill honey. What I really want to do is make some compound gins. Some what? Compound gins. Can you explain what that is? <laughs> well, yeah, I'm not really so, sure. <laughs> sometimes compound gin is just you basically infuse botanicals into vodka, and that's it. Okay. Okay. But, uh, but other ways, basically, instead of distilling all the botanicals at once, you basically make distillates of each botanical and mix them okay. afterward. Okay. Hmm. That sounds... Ah, I think I've seen a video on this. I, you know, I actually have to say, by the way, just, I find distilling, the process of it, it's just really fun. It feels so scientific when you're doing it. You feel like such a mad scientist and like, you really see science at work and you really can like, I mean, I, my job is science and I deal with science all the time. I deal with physics every day, but it's like not as satisfying, like it's not as instantly gratifying as distilling where you're actually watching and you're like, yep, this is definitely alcohol coming out of this. And you just know exactly how it's working. And it's just like the science behind it's very clear. And I don't know. I just, I find that that that's really cool. And I mean, so um, I've watched a lot of channels on distilling as, as well. And I just, um, I think I saw one on this compound gin. Now that you, you mentioned it, I think in the Netherlands, maybe it's legal to distill gin. I'm not really sure what the rules are, but yeah. And also, even without getting into distilling, as you know, I took some vacuum pump recommendations from you. Uh, it took about two days, but I made a vacuum evaporated apple syrup that turned out really nice. Did you use it on anything? I didn't. I don't know if I seen I, that. Again, uh, no, I, I haven't. I didn't make a video about it yet because I, you know, I made like a, a few tablespoons. Okay. Well, not, fair not that much. I made like half a cup of syrup, and then between people trying it, I don't have much left. Okay, yeah, fair enough. That's always what happens. You end up with something like delicious, and then it's just gone. <laughs> so, okay, I'm, I'm going to be here. But, uh, as you, I'm sure you know, the vacuum pump is very loud. Yes, yes, So, it is. <laughs> I'm uh, going to be converting a dead mini fridge into just like an insulation box. Okay. Yeah, then that seems like it may be a useful, like, insulation for noise, because this thing is super loud. I only I only try to do this when, like, for example, my girlfriend's out of town, so she doesn't have to listen to the, like, constant, like, eh, yeah, yeah. that goes on. So, again, yeah, once, I, once I do that, I'll be going into syrup production mode, potentially. <laughs> You're going to start selling it out of your house, just be like, hey, I, oh, got, the, I definitely. got the real stuff. Oh, for sure. <laughs> Although, that probably wouldn't be economical at all. Because, like, I bought, like, like, 
a big bunch of apples, juice them, clarify the juice, and then concentrate it. It seems, yeah. But, I mean, maybe if you sell it as, like, handcrafted, and you sell it on Etsy in small, like, artisan bottles, you might you might be able to sell it at a, a high premium. Potentially. Although, really, I think that my first business is going to be uh, bootleg butter. Bootleg butter? What is that? It's but butter I make and sell in a semi-legal way. <laughs> <laughs> what makes it semi-legal? Yeah. Um. <laughs> Don't want to talk about it in case the, <laughs> but, uh, the authorities again, are I, I, I haven't done a video about this, but I actually I got it posted to a blog, but I invented uh, Parmesan cultured butter. Okay. Then yeah, I then a video for this would also maybe be yeah. Uh, once I perfect the process, I will. That sounds great. What other countries have better laws regarding this kind of stuff than than where we both live? I mean, I so for know. example, we've we've talked about like here. It's it's like you know I can I can distill and it, there's a culture of this here of you know of people doing this. They do this in their own uh, house. I heard um, one of my colleagues was saying that in France it's legal, and people do this at their house um, in proper stills. But um, and it's it's a traditional thing to do. But what you have to do is you have to rent. Like everybody owns most of the stills at their house, but the, with the exception of the condenser arm, and they actually have to rent the condenser arm from the like they have to go to the mayor. And they have to go to like the the town hall, and they can say, "Look, I'm going to rent the condenser arm between this time and this time, and I'm going to make this much alcohol." And they pay the taxes on it, which is something like I don't know, maybe 15 euros or something like this, and then they can distill, and um, they can come by at any point and just make sure that you're not doing something that you're not supposed to be. And uh, it's just kind of funny. And apparently, people just share this one condenser arm amongst this small village of you know fifteen, twenty families or something like this. It's just kind of a kind of a different way of doing it. I don't know. I mean, but it seems to work for 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 France. And I, well, I think I, that most people. Yeah. Sorry again. Even outside of distilling, again, I can make anything I want, including make my own wine or beer or whatever. But the problem is, I can't sell any of it. Yeah, legally. but selling is a different story. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I think that I think for me, at least in the small amounts that I've like, I'm tending to make this, I have no intention of ever selling. I mean, it's it's just more of a fun thing that you can do. When oh, you for sure. But that. I mean, yeah. like, I have aspirations. <laughs> like, <laughs> You're going to be I, the I next don't wanna, I don't wanna, I, again, I don't want to tune my own horn too much, but the Parmesan butter is really fucking good. <laughs> Yeah, we need to see. Oh, we should see a video for this, and then uh, I think then you're gonna be able to uh, stand behind that, and be like, "Yep, I was me. I was the first guy to do this." Well, again, luckily, um, I don't know if you're familiar. But it's not like a huge series, but it's a fermentation series called um, "Spoiled to Perfection." Okay. And I, I, I got them to publish my process. That's awesome. As a guest blogger, yeah. That's really cool. So again, at least. Even before the video comes out on record, the Parmesan butter is my process. Yeah, you you heard it first here. <laughs> um, I I think that that's a that, I I think that the, it's really cool when you finally come across like something that you are confident that like not 
confident, but like it feels like you're doing something new. And you know, when you have that finally where you're trying to do something with food that you're just like, you know, this may have been done before, but I don't I haven't seen on how to do this and I think that that's just really interesting. I've had this just a few times um mostly with since I've started my channel of of experiences where I I started doing something I just couldn't find it on the internet. You know, I wanted to know for example, I did a video on um blonde which was this uh viking fermented drink. I um I couldn't really find many resources on it. I was just kind of like I'm going to just take a crack at it and see how it goes. And you know, it worked out. Um I also at some point like there's um this idea of like uh like these puffed chips and this kind of stuff. It's really interesting actually what I've learned from just really screwing around and seeing what you can do and when you start to figure this stuff out and you start to come up with something that's new it's just it's an amazing experience and i and i think that like yeah this parmesan butter sounds like i think this might have be exactly what's happened for you and, and again it actually i didn't turn it into butter but like months ago i just cultured the cream and i'm like i wonder if i can just use like a block of parmesan as a starter turns out you can that's awesome. <laughs> um I I think I've have you have you ever made you must have, but I I've just made butter from scratch once and it just blows it just blew my mind when I when I did this for the first time. You just uh, we just got um this this girl was over at my house and she said, "Yeah, I want to make some butter. Uh do you have a mason jar?" And I was like, "Yeah." So she came over to my house and she's just like, "We just need to shake this for like 10 minutes." And we were just, like, doing this for, like, a long time. And I was just like, this is so stupid. Like, this isn't doing anything. And, like, for really 10 minutes when, you know, it, people say 10 minutes. But when something actually takes 10 minutes, you're like, this is not going to happen. And uh, we were shaking it and shaking it and shaking it. And I was just like, like this is not going anywhere. And then just out of nowhere, I was just like, butter. I was like, what? Like, how did that happen? Like, it w didn't go. I was, like, expecting, okay, no, we're going to have whipped cream or something like that. But, no, it really actually just turned straight into butter. I was like... Yeah, and like even regular cultured butter, and again, my Parmesan cultured butter is yeah. really—it's fantastic. And I'm also going to be doing some other experiments of culturing cream with alternate starters. Do you have any? Do you want to reveal any of these, or you want to keep? Oh, well, yeah, some of them well? might. Some of them might be out by the time this episode comes out. So I'm oh, going to be. This is true. I'm going to be doing a uh, a kimchi butter for sure. Okay, that sounds delicious. Um, I'm doing a smoked butter, or basically I'm going to smoke the cream and lightly culture it with a yogurt culture. That sounds delicious. And then I'm also going to be doing a smoke, oh, preserved lemon, uh, cultured cream, okay. and then maybe turn that into butter. I I so what what do you do with these butters? Like, how do you enjoy them? I would say, um, any way possible. Again, the uh, <laughs> the Parmesan butter is very salty and savory, mm -hmm. so usually either in bread or in pasta. Okay, I have to say my favorite way to enjoy butter is just simply on bread. It's just it's just the best. Like, there's just sometimes when you have a really good loaf of bread. And you have some butter. It's just sometimes there's just nothing that can beat that. I, I would I would eat that over a sous vide steak or anything like that. 
uh, I really find that to be, like, <laughs> really an amazing thing. And this may seem redundant, but, like, if you make an alfredo sauce with parmesan and parmesan butter, cool boy. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds also pretty damn good. Oh, man. Now I'm getting hungry. <laughs> you, you, should, you should try to make some. Yeah, maybe I will. This sounds like, this is, maybe this is on my, my project. Wait, uh, okay. Do you have a, do you have a circulator or a makeshift circulator? Um, actually, no. I don't. You don't I have, have some... Do you have any kind of precision device? I have, so I've built a sous vide thing of mine, but it doesn't have, basically it's just an NTC or a temperature controller uh, that sh- shuts off a bur- so I have an electric burner and then it just shuts off once the temperature reaches a certain time and then I, I have this it's like a home built circuit but it works but it's also not circulating and I've, at first I was like yeah this will be well, fine well, well, what's, but, again what's the what's the precision it's like within 0.1 degrees Celsius, which is fine, but the problem is there's a gradient of heat within the container. That's fine. So Again, it, for like yogurt, I do 43 Celsius in my circulator. Yeah. I, yeah. So again, I, I, I cultured the Parmesan cream alongside my yogurt, and it came out yeah. fine. Okay. So again, if you have a setup that can like hold between 43 and 45 Celsius, you're fine. Okay, yeah, then I think... I, I actually, I've made yogurt before, actually, with my sous vide. So I think then this should... Maybe this could work. Cool. Um, yeah, I think that that's something I, I definitely want to try in the future. But that's, you know, future goals, future videos, future future everything. That's... Uh, I mean, I, also, I really... if there's some good German cheese... You should uh, see if you can culture cream with it. <laughs> there is a cheese here, which I've, I've yet to try. So I've been living here now for four, almost four and a half years. And um, there's a cheese that I've always wanted to try. Apparently, it's just really, really, really smelly. And um, it's called uh, Handkäse, which is like hand cheese because you like form it with your hands. It's like this disgusting yellow color that's like it's a like clear yellow and uh, it almost looks like, like I don't know, some weird form of a rubber ball or something like this. Apparently, it smells really bad, and they call it like, um, you know, Handkäse mit Musik, which is like hand cheese with music. If you like go to and order this at a restaurant, and if you order it, they always, you know, you know, you ask like, oh, where's the music? And then they say, oh, that comes later, because like apparently it makes you really gassy. So, <laughs> okay, one, yeah. you need to film yourself trying that cheese. And two, <laughs> yeah, maybe you need to culture cream with it. Yeah, maybe I can do this then. Yeah, I can somehow recreate this and bring it back to somewhere, <laughs> wherever I move next, hey, which I... may be Canada, actually. <laughs> yeah, we're, oh, really? Yeah. Um, well, where about I'm, if you don't mind me asking? Potentially, I'm looking into Toronto. Um, my my girlfriend is actually Canadian, so it's a lot easier for her to get a visa there than it is in the U.S. So. I think I might try to. We're trying to aim for Toronto, which I I've been to before. I really like that city, um, and yeah, we'll see. We're just trying to figure out basically where we're going to move to next. But that's uh, that's one of these reasons why I'm not so available right now with uh, my YouTube channel. Oh well, well uh, yeah. If you're ever in Canada, well, I mean, if you're ever on the West Coast, you'll have to you'll have to come by. 
I know. It's funny. We, we've actually never met. <laughs> but I think that that's probably how a lot of podcasts start. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> do you want Do you want to hear something funny as we should probably start wrapping up? Yeah, what's that? This whole time, I've been trying to remember what we were going to call the podcast. <laughs> what were we going to call it? Brainstorm Kitchen. That's right.